Having a homeschool co-op near you can be such a blessing. You can share the load of teaching your children and other parents who have strengths in certain subjects that you don't have. You can draw off of their strengths and just help each other. You can cooperate, which is what a co-op is. But it can also be a challenge in trying to figure out the rest of your week's work for your school schedule. If you have co-op on one day a week, how do you figure out what to do the rest of the week? Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Today joining me is Laura Pitney. Laura, thanks for joining us again. You've had a lot of experience with co-ops. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and you, you helped us a lot with our own co-op material, the Charlotte Mason Together series. Let's talk about how we balance a co-op one day a week and what we're doing the other days of the week for our own schoolwork. Yeah, definitely. That's um, a tricky balance, but one of the first things to figure out would be what's the purpose of your co-op? Is it to get the full curriculum done in one day with the other families, or is it just maybe the enrichments or compliments to your main homeschool? So how would you um, define all or nothing kind of thing? Well, it seems like first thing you got to do is see which subjects are being taught. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, some of them might be one and done. Mm -hmm. For example, if you do nature study there, you're probably you can check that one off. Right. You don't week. necessarily have to do it at home, but you might, if something pops up during the week, you have the freedom to enjoy that time. Absolutely. But then there are other subjects that um, you're only covering a component of that particular study in the group setting. Right. For example, uh, picture study. They might show the picture and we're going to discuss it, or they might read the biography and discuss it and narrate it, but there's still the component of displaying that picture for the rest of the week. Yeah, and that would be more of the compliment, so getting maybe the main lesson or part of the lesson at the co-op and then using um, the review or reinforcement during uh, your home time during the week. So yeah. that's a great example of that. So you can, when you say during your home time, I'm thinking mm -hmm. you can still follow the lesson plan guides. Mm -hmm. And when it says this is time for music study during mm -hmm. the week, if you already had the piece covered during your co-op, you can still play that music in the background. Right, or that's a great opportunity to ask good narration questions or uh, maybe have them act out something or draw a picture, just depending on what it was. But it's a good opportunity to draw out of them something they remember. So another, almost a little touch, another yes, review, yeah. if yeah. you will. Yeah. Just to make, so it's not, they do that at co-op, we don't do that at home. Right. I think that's the beauty of the co-op setting is, like you said, using the strengths of the other moms and families that are there, but then um, you get to gain confidence as you bring it into your home and still stagger it where it needs to be in your schedule, um, but then you're growing in your abilities to ask good questions and connect with your kids. Because sometimes you don't always get to directly connect with your kids in the co-op setting at the time because usually there's a lot of things happening. And yeah, you might be teaching another class yes, while they're yes. in this one, or you're so, teaching this age group and your older ones are yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Right, so I definitely think there's value in still having music study time in your regular schedule at home 
as well as if you got the main lessons at the co-op. So it's a good time to connect with your kids. Because I, I think one of the goals we have is that we want these picture study and music study and poetry and all of this to become a lifestyle right. for our children and for in our homes. Right. So relegating it to that's something we do there mm -hmm. one day a week is mm -hmm. going counter to what our goal is, right. really. Right. Um, yep. Another thing that you can do at home is the home, we call them home extensions in our Charlotte Mason Together co-op materials, where we give ideas mm -hmm. for those extra touches at home. Right, and there's a lot of freedom in that because if you've already got your main lesson done and then you, you maybe really were drawn to something that was taught, those home extensions give you ideas and, um, I don't know, more, more lesson plans, if you will, for how to um, go deeper in that subject. So they're um, very beneficial to, um, again, just pouring more into your child over those topics. And we don't want to overload. No, not at all. Not at all. It's not like we're doing the whole lesson again. Right. It is just another little reinforcement. Mm -hmm. So as you said, I love that word compliment, yeah. that the two can complement yeah. each other. So let's think through a few other school subjects. We've mentioned music study mm -hmm. and how you can do the focused listening time at the co-op, but then mm -hmm. at home, we're going to listen to that music during the week and have other ways to respond, potentially. Right. We talked about picture study, mm -hmm. where you're displaying that picture all week long, and you can still talk about other aspects that mm -hmm. the children notice. Um, let's talk about poetry. Sure. So what might the poetry lesson, well, I'm going to assume during the co-op, mm -hmm. I'm just going off of our Charlotte Mason Together lesson plans. In the co-op setting, they are reading through a new poem and they are discussing it. So how do we complement that at home? Well, I think one of the things that you can do is practice maybe a poem they want to memorize. Um, they could even take the time to illustrate maybe what they saw in their mind when it was being read at the co-op just to make another connection. Um, I think one of the beautiful things about doing a co-op is the opportunities the children may have to recite or speak in front of other children. I think that gives good um, life skills to be yeah, able to... good public um, speaking yes. practice. Absolutely. Yes. So that may be something you want to practice at home, obviously, so that <laughs> you set them up for success to where maybe they want to recite it um, in front of their peers at the co-op. So just practicing and recite, practicing and memorizing and possibly reciting at home is a way that you could do a, um, a home extension for poetry. Yeah, and in our lesson plan guides, we've got poetry scheduled mm -hmm. twice a week once for reading a new poem and once for practicing it. Yep. So you could easily yeah. use those two time slots to do mm -hmm. those types of things at home. Yeah, it's a great idea. Okay, mm -hmm. let's talk about hymn singing. Yes. To me, this is an easy one. Right. We're going to sing the hymn at the co-op. Mm -hmm. We've got it scheduled for two days a week, so the other day of the week, right. sing it at home. Right. You no, know? no problem there. <laughs> That's an easy one. Yep. Um, handicrafts. How did you work that out with your co-op? Yeah, so handicrafts are challenging, but not impossible. So when you're in a group setting, you have a wide variety of skill sets, of ideas, of creativity. So um, we've done it different ways, and I think this is just figuring out the flavor of your co-op. So we've done one specific skill 
as a group. So all the children, all the parents, we're all conquering whatever the handicraft is so together. Like crochet. Everybody's going to do crochet. Correct. Okay. We're going to work on learning the stitch, all of that together. Um, the downside to that is some people are more advanced, some are beginners. It's it's hard to keep the pace uh, with everybody together. Yes. Um, so... You may have um, to break up into groups based on skill level. There's just, there's, um, there's got to be some margin there to figure out how to accomplish the lessons if you're wanting to keep the pace with everybody. Not, because some kids get bored, some are frustrated. So it's just um, finding the right balance with that. And Um, especially in something like handicrafts, because it is so skill-based. Right. Where, you know, picture study is not skill-based. Correct. So, yeah, this could be very... And you may have uh, children that pick up on it right away, and then you may have the mom that's like, this is so frustrating, I can't do it. So um, figuring out the right balance, um, I think, is a little tricky, but not impossible. The other way we've done it, which has really been the happy place we've settled on, is we just do, um, we all are doing the same skill. So let's take crocheting, for example. But the mom or the parent is overseeing their own children. So if you have a family that has crocheted before, they can do more advanced stuff, and then the mom is there to help. Um, if you have beginners, then maybe some of the uh, beginners will kind of, the mom beginners will tag team to figure it out. Um, as the leader, I would walk around and help answer questions and supervise, and if somebody got stuck, I would help them. So that's when the lesson plans came in handy and our videos to where if I didn't necessarily know the skill, um, I could educate myself and then be able to help them. So, um, well, just, and, and you could pair them with one of the correct, experienced moms. Correct. But the key to that was that specific mom was overseeing their own children. So they would bring the supplies they needed. They would troubleshoot. It just took the burden off of the one leader having to help everybody. So, um, so it sounds like you really just said, this is our handicraft time. Yeah. Yeah. And you are each responsible right. for what you're going to do during that time. Right, because handicrafts is usually one of the first things to kind of fall off the list during your home schedule. You know, it's just hard to make that time to sit down and do the handicraft. Um, so giving that time allotment during the co-op time, it's just, you know, the mom guilt is gone because we know we can do it at co-op. So that was kind of where we landed yeah. with it. And, and I would assume then that because they were overseeing it, in a sense, that was an extension from the home. Correct. Reverse. So, yeah, yeah, it it really goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. All right. And I assume the same thing could be done with art instruction? Yes. Yeah. So depending on, um, we've done that, we've alternated where we maybe did handicrafts one quarter semester term, and then the next one was art instruction. So Mm -hmm. same, same format. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to literature. Reading aloud a good book mm-hmm. um, to a younger age group, I think that could be done, one and done, in the co-op time. There wouldn't really be a home extension to go with it, unless you wanted to, you know, dig deeper into something that was said in it. But Correct. that would be optional. Right. What I And for the older kids, they could use one of our new literature mm-hmm. discussion guides, the yep. Great Books Discussion, to actually do that during co-op time. For the little kids, 
I think, in my own case, having one book going during Mm co-op is not enough. Correct. We would want to have our own family read aloud that we're doing on the other days. And it doesn't have to completely coordinate. Right. In fact, it'd be good if it was completely different from the one that's happening in co-op. Yeah, I would agree with that. We've done it different ways, but exactly what you're saying makes sense. Um, We've also done it where we've gotten uh, the seasonal type things plugged in to maybe the read-alouds that are the one and done at co-op and made some special uh, exceptions, maybe a tradition day or um, tried to coordinate, you know, what was happening on our, on our calendar, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. that's a good opportunity mm-hmm. to plug in for that as well. But the times we've done a read aloud book with the older kids in the co-op, it's been so fun to see them connect and talk about it. Yeah. Um, but then our family read aloud is still our own family read aloud, which, you know, there's connections there too. So it's really a beautiful thing. So it's not... I don't want to give the impression that we're doubling up. Correct. That we're increasing the workload for for the parent. It is rather we're doing the same subject in on two separate tracks, if you will. Yeah. And the co-op track is only happening the one day a week. It's the other days of the week that we've still got our literature component going at home. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not like let's go to co-op all day and then we're going to come home and do our own lessons the rest of the day. That would be overload. I assume you didn't do any of these home extensions on the same day Correct. as co-op. co-op day was co-op day. And and so, you know, whatever day that was, then the other four days we would do our, our regular home routine. So as we talk about that regular home routine, then let's talk mm-hmm. about that schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my big concerns with doing a co-op that focuses on the enrichments, and you know, we've talked about yeah. this before, is... Charlotte talked so much about using different parts of the brain as you go through your day's sequence of lessons. And that picture study and music study and poetry and handcrafts, those add such nice change of pace. If you take all of those out and put them all on one day, are you left with only read and narrate during the day? That to me is counterintuitive. Right. What I've done, because I I 100% feel the same way, we need those breaks. (laughs) We need those um, enrichments in our schedule to help keep everybody lively and and focused. So I've still planned, like, uh, if we're going to read and narrate, then we're going to review art study. And then if we go do math, then we might sing a hymn. So I really still try to incorporate at least the time slot that would be the the enrichments class. So I, it just may be a gentle touch to use a different part of the brain, and then that way we can get back to the other focus studies. So it might not be as long a time period as what is specified in the lesson guide. Correct. But it does do that little switch yeah. for the brain. Yep. I like that idea. That's great. Thanks for helping us think through how to balance co-op and time at home. Do you want to just give any encouragement about people who are thinking about participating Mm -hmm. in a co-op? I would love to. So when I think about the reason why you do a co-op, I really think there's so much value in the community. Sometimes you just get so isolated with your home and your children and just the daily grind that always when you're dreading going to co-op, 
you're so happy once you get there. There's just <laughs> something about being connected to other people and having that community and support that you don't always realize you need, that, you, that but you need it. And so I would just encourage um, anybody considering either starting a co-op or whether they should join a co-op that um, just to pray about it and then to weigh you know, the benefits against maybe what you feel like it might take away from your home, but um, you should at least give it a try and plug into a community. And you and I have talked before on another episode about what to look for if you're looking to join a co-op. So we'll leave a link to that in the show notes for everybody. Thanks so much, Laura. Be sure to check the show notes. We will leave links to all kinds of stuff to help you, to that episode on how to choose a good co-op, We'll leave a link to the Charlotte Mason Community website where you can find a good Charlotte Mason-styled co-op near you. And we'll leave links to our Charlotte Mason Together co-op materials. If you are looking to form a co-op or you are running a co-op, these materials should be a big help to you. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.